0: Hello, Zebras. Welcome to the show. Today we're going to talk to Mr. Ray Overdorf, who uh, maybe a lot of you have no idea who Ray is, but I have had an incredible experience with Ray over the past couple of weeks, and I finally got him on the podcast. I love to have great conversations with people that I can learn a lot from, so hopefully that's the same for you. Uh, Before we get there, though... Uh, Hannah Baker was just recently on the podcast. No, not the girl from 13 Reasons Why. Hannah Baker, uh, YouTube and Instagram celebrity. And uh, I had a random question for her. So this is uh, Hannah Baker from episode 350. And I hit the uh, random question generator and it came up with three must-have smartphone apps that everybody should have on their phone.
1: Mm Mm-hmm and i have three of my favorites to share so the first one is called visco and i think that uh it's kind of trendy amongst like young girls but i I feel like a lot of people could relate to it especially if you're into photography and stuff like that it's a photo editing app it's really fun and that um,
0: vsco yeah vsco
1: yeah and yeah i like that one it's like it's really cool and i think that it's like on it's come up so i think you should download that one for sure okay um also i have i don't know this might be really young but venmo i couldn't go without venmo 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 is like when you send money through the app and wow. it's like really big among like with college kids really so yeah a lot of people it's like almost trendy now like hey can you venmo me for that five Man. bucks so oh. yeah
0: all to each other so it's like yeah to fr- you send- friend to friend
1: mm-hmm. you send money to each other oh, yeah okay. yeah okay. So, so your
0: credit cards hooked up to it, and it yeah just passes it? yep that's yeah. awesome
1: i know that that can be kind of like worrisome but
0: it's like a, an easier version of paypal or yes something like that yes okay. i have
1: paypal too but that's like the official one you know venmo yeah. is like the the, like the casual friend. one your yeah. friend owes you 10
0: bucks you're like dude give me the 10 yeah bucks.
1: <laughs> exactly venmo me five bucks for yeah
0: is that v-e-n-m-o
1: v-e-n-m-o yeah cool. venmo yep okay. and last app i would say that i would say you would have to have on your phone would be Mm, I don't know if anybody's ever used um, Telegram. Have you ever used Telegram? No. It is like what I use for a lot of like different group messages and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It just makes things a little bit easier, and you can have like unlimited amounts of people in it. So I, and that's what I use a lot for business and stuff like that with my group met like messages and stuff like that. We use two different ones, but I would pick Telegram first. So okay. if you're like in the business world and you want to be able to communicate with. A large number of people because you can only have like a certain number in iMessage. I think it's like 35 or something like that. I would say Telegram for sure.
0: Telegram. And that's just spelled like Telegram.
1: Yeah. Like T E L E G R A M. Telegram. Telegram. Very cool. Yeah. I use those.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Hannah. Yep. That's Hannah Baker from episode 350 of the podcast. So right now, let's talk about this podcast. Let's talk about Mr. Ray Overdorf. So uh, Ray has done amazing things in his life. He grew a seven-store chain of supermarkets from 1983 to 1988. He personally operated the stores until tw- uh, 2004. While overseeing operations, Ray also simultaneously launched his own consulting and coaching business. He has worked with well over 50 organizations, developed more than 7,000 leaders, and starting his coaching practice uh, delivering outstanding results on million-dollar projects. He's done amazing things for business, and he's also a great like life coach and a personal development expert. Uh, I was amazing. I was amazed to find him here in the Hollidaysburg, Pennsylvania area. So I was introduced to him from Jim Wirtz, who has uh, been on the podcast before. Uh, Ray taught a mastermind class for the book As a Man Thinketh, which uh, we just wrapped up a couple of weeks ago. That course was phenomenal. Now we're going through another course that is more... Uh, personality, life, work, balance, development kind of stuff. So Ray has personally worked with Tony Robbins, Bob Proctor, Deepak Chopra, uh, Les Brown, uh, I'm going to name some names, Zig Ziglar that I maybe people will recognize, John Maxwell, just to name a few. Uh, he credits his mentor's experience and hard work and the many books that he has read over the years to all of his accomplishments. Because that's how you get somewhere in life. Mentors, mentors. Books and things of that nature. That's why I'm so pumped to have him on the podcast. But before we get there, uh, we got to mention the sponsors, of course. Juice, talking about brain food. Stuff that's good for your brain so you can be smart like Ray Overdorf. Uh, 517 Allegheny Street in Hollidaysburg. J-O-O-S at The Juice Bar. On Facebook and Instagram, cold-pressed juice and smoothies, smoothie bowls, bone broth, all that good stuff fresh and made to order, trade secrets, 13th Avenue in Altoona, uh, and all the gigantic line of all-natural body care products. We're talking about sugar scrubs and bath bars, bath bombs, which my son loves, uh, Steph who runs the joint made an, an incredible Hulk bath bomb, which if you listen or know anything about my son, he loves the Hulk. Uh... Soy wax, candles, body lotions, all kinds of stuff at Trade Secrets. Secrets and Trade on Facebook. Trade Secrets underscore Skincare on Instagram. And the Clay Cup, 1304 11th Avenue in Altoona. Shout out to the Clay Cup because they bring coffee and they bring creativity together. And that's what I love about the Clay Cup in downtown Altoona, Pennsylvania. Uh, Coffee, tea, freshly baked items, pottery painting classes, watercolor classes at the Clay Cup. At the Clay Cup. On Facebook and Instagram, but right now it's time to get it started. Four,
2: two, three, four. This is
1: Rob Z Radio.
0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the show. Broadcasting live from the uh, Catalyst Space Studios in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Today I have. Uh, a friend of mine, Ray Overdorf, in the studio. Thank you for being here, Ray.
2: Oh, you're welcome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is your first time ever on microphone, like on with yeah, headphones yeah, on and stuff? Almost, yeah. Yes, that's awesome. <laughs> and your first time on a podcast, I would assume. Absolutely. All right, so that's, see, that's <clears throat> what I like doing, getting first timers, yeah. your first <clears throat> run of the mill with it. <laughs> so, uh, Ray, I wanted, first of all, to thank you for coming on. Uh, and I imagine most people don't know about the courses you teach in Altoona, but I, I, we just went through a course at Launchbox uh, in Altoona, PA, and the whole course was about As a Man Thinketh from James Allen, which was written in, what, 1903? 1903. O- 03, which is incredible because of the information that's exactly. packed into the book. Exactly. It's incredible. So I think with this with this episode – I want to read, to start it off here, uh, just my, my favorite part of the book, and I think that might like help just build everything, and we can kind of build our conversation around that, because this will kind of tell your story. At least that's the way I'm imagining it in my head.
2: Okay, we'll find out. Okay.
0: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so uh, chapter four is on purpose in As a Man Thinketh, and I would suggest anybody to read this book. The best part is it's really short. so Even if you don't like reading, you can probably blow through it in a, a day or two, but um, But conceive a central purpose for your life and set out to accomplish it. Whatever it is, make it the focal point of your thoughts and dedicate yourself to its realization. Whenever we went through this book, which we spent, what, eight weeks? Eight weeks. Dissecting this this book, which is... On 39 pages. On 39 (laughs) pages. (laughs) It was amazing how much you get out of it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But that part right there was the one... That when I, because you would have us read it over and over again, and that's the part that kept sticking with me the central purpose. Uh, and I've just been thinking about that a lot. So I wanted to ask you that because you're somebody who has accomplished many great things in your life. You've helped a lot of people and you have a lot of knowledge inside of your brain. So that central purpose, what was it for you? How did you find out what it was? And like, how did you piece it all together? Because that's something that some people never figure out, right? A lot of
2: people never figure out. Well, I think I, I I probably have to back up a little bit to uh, <clears throat> to really get um, a handle on it. Please do. Uh, I grew up on a dairy farm, and of course, one of the things you learn on a dairy farm is hard work. And in our particular case, it was about hard work, honesty, and doing the right thing. And so, my father was very specific about that. and and, and so when I left. When I left the farm uh to pursue a career I thought I had the keys. You know, I knew how to work hard, I could work as hard as anybody. Um I was honest and of course I had learned on the farm to do the right you know what the right things were to do. Mm-hmm. So when I went to corporate and, and I found out very quickly that those three things were as well as good as they were and as beneficial as they were. It wasn't adequate to, to the environment to, for the environment that I was in, so I had to start thinking about you know how was I going to inspire myself to be the best I could be, and because I really didn't know whether I wanted to be in that industry or whether I didn't, uh, I was just you know I was just out of high school, uh, wanted to get some money to go on to college, uh, really didn't know what I wanted to do, and so I thought. Well, for me, my central purpose at that point was to just be the best I could be and to wake up every day and tell myself I'm going to be the best I can be today and uh, check in with myself at night to see if I did as well as I thought I could and continue to do that. So when you talk about central purpose, I think to say that, well, I want to, I want to be a particular career. I want to be at a certain level, or I want to be uh, <clears throat> have an X number of dollars, or money, or wealth, or whatever. Those are all those are all great goals to have, but they don't represent a central purpose. Mm-hmm. A central purpose has more to do with what you're feeling inside yourself. And 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 it, it's more of a passion. I didn't. I wasn't concerned about being having a particular career position. I just wanted, and I didn't know how good I could be. But I thought if if I'm the best I can be, then I'll be happy with whatever the outcome is
0: going back to like the the things that you had learned on the farm that didn't apply to the corporate world like like hard work how did how did that not i mean i understand i think i understand what you're saying but how did that not play into you didn't that didn't play into the fold necessarily of what you expected when you got into the from the dairy
2: farm world to the corporate world well uh, <clears> on <throat> a hard work had its application you know and 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 of course leadership thought that was a great idea and my peers didn't like it very much <laughs> because i made it, made them look bad you yeah. know so that was kind of a, a two different ways of looking at it yeah and so i had to contend with the peers as well but doing the right thing i knew what we needed to do i'd been i'm trained on the farm and now we're in a whole different environment and i didn't know what the right things were right and a so i had to world. figure that out and and so <clears throat> my approach to that was to look at Other people who had done what I wanted to learn how to do and be good at. And so I I selected people that I wanted to be my mentors. And I just went to them and said, hey, I'd like to learn more about this. Would you be willing to help me? And the amazing thing that became part of my ongoing career throughout the, the corporation was that if I wanted to know something, I found the person I thought was the best that I knew in, in, in that corporation or in that setting, and then I'd say, would you, would you help me learn how to be the best I can be at this? Mm-hmm. And I can't ever remember of somebody telling me, no, I won't help you. Because nobody ever,
0: or I shouldn't say nobody, but very few people actually take that step. That The humbleness that I guess it takes, number one, and the hunger to, to learn and grow, number two, a lot of people don't, maybe they have it inside of them, but they'll never take the step to actually ask somebody.
2: Or to follow Yeah. So uh, so so back to purpose, I think if you have that purpose, if you have that burning desire to be successful, to be the best you can be, then you'll have that courage to go to people and say, you know, I want to get better at this. Can you help me? And and everybody know anything about it. And you may know something about it, but yet at the same time, you know, you can act as though you don't know anything about it and let them teach you what they know. Yeah. And uh and so consequently what happened for me was uh the leaders in the corporation immediately or very shortly after I joined they escorted me over to the fast track because you showed
0: and maybe I want to ask you this like how much above and beyond did you go? Cuz I imagine just asking those questions is above and beyond where most people would
2: without without question yeah and
0: that's not even that big of a thing right besides doing all the work that it took when they gave you the information
2: yeah but i tried to learn as fast as i could i tried Mm -hmm. to be as 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 good as i could be i tried to do the job i was doing excellent Mm -hmm. i didn't do things halfway i didn't leave things half done you know i finished it to the best of my ability and that was your centralized
0: core purpose right yeah went back to that. my
2: centralized core purpose at that time was just to be the best I could be mm-hmm. and but but, it, but it's more than that I mean you got you got to look to people to to help you be that and then i had yeah. to uh, uh, align myself with uh, different learning institutions you know uh, Cornell University had a lot of courses for the retail industry and so i aligned myself with them and I kept taking courses with Cornell University. Like not to get a degree, just to take the classes to get the information? I I, I didn't get degrees, I got a bunch of certifications, but not a degree.
0: Isn't that amazing too, like nobody ever, and I never went to school just to take classes to, you just want to learn a certain thing, you can kind of
2: pop in and. I went in for the information, I contacted them and they they had a lot of courses on on retail and warehouse and distribution and leadership and economics. uh, for business, and they had all kinds of courses like that, and I just took them. I wasn't concerned about a degree; I just wanted to be, I, I just wanted to be good at what I was doing. That's all.
0: Yeah, the hunger to, to learn more. Yeah, I just better. wanted to be good. You know, it's it's all. So, uh, like,
2: uh, well, go ahead. And, and and the other thing was that uh, <clears throat> I realized that I had to be a better communicator, and that uh, you know, uh, one of the advantages. Of growing up on the farm is that there aren't too many people, and that's also the disadvantage. There aren't too many people, yeah. <laughs> and so you don't learn how to communicate very
0: well. Yeah, and you're just uh, communicating with your same your family day in and day out. And yeah,
2: no idea what the outside. You're comfortable like. when you stepped outside your family. You weren't very comfortable. Yeah, know? and so I had to learn how to. Uh, so I took courses in communication, and uh, so that I could be a, a better communicator. And be more comfortable. Uh,
0: tell me this, like as far as the generational gap, right? Because uh, you might w- were people more like you back the the way you are, the way you went about things, finding mentors, understanding these things, and in, uh, maybe inherently, or maybe you learned them like through your through your family or however you learned them. Has a lot of this disappeared throughout the like past couple of generations, or is it all still there? Uh, there's just more distractions now, so we don't recognize it as easily. Uh, because I, I mean, I'm gonna just speak from ex- experience. Up until maybe like four or five years ago, I was never on any track. I was just kind of wandering aimlessly, doing nothing with my life. And that, that's a, mostly everybody that I know, and well, not everybody. But I mean, there's a select few that I know who were who had like a mission from the beginning. It seemed like. Um, but as far as you go and the people around you, as you were coming up, were you still rare in that
2: sense? In that era? well, to the degree that I was, I think. But I think. Uh, there were, the track was shorter at that point in time. It didn't mm. take as long for people to figure out that they wanted to, they wanted to be be somebody. They wanted to do something. They wanted to be successful. Why is that? Why do you think? Um, I just think society has is, is provided uh, more vehicles. You know, when
0: more when, cushioning the
2: yeah when we when when we graduate high school, Pop pretty much said it clear. He says, you know, you have got to figure out a way to start paying for your lodging here. I mean, you're welcome to stay here as long as you want.
0: But you gotta pay if you're gonna be staying here. But you're
2: gonna have to pay some rent. Now, it wasn't because he was mean and cruel, but he was, his idea was, you know, you gotta start being responsible here. Yeah. You know, and so you're going out looking, saying, you know, how can I pay my own way here? Yeah, and then, So I think that's I think that's one of the things that causes people to because they can hang around uh, as long as they want to today and everybody seems to be pretty cool with it. Yeah,
0: you float through college and you go back and and
2: live at home, and people give you the credit cards and you float through college and you spend money and you don't worry about where it comes from and yeah, you know, so you have this conditioning and one day you wake up and say, oh man, and uh, what am I going to do? Yeah, I don't know. I don't have any
0: skills. I don't know anything. Not that you don't know anything, but you're not like well-versed in,
2: well i don't know how to do anything yeah you don't actually know how to do anything (laughs) i know a lot of stuff but i don't know how to do anything (laughs) right (laughs) you know and that's kind of scary and and it is when people wander around wander around trying to figure out how they're going to how they're going to do that so when you talked about mentors
0: there's something that until a couple of years ago i never heard anybody talk about mentors and so when I, I followed this guy, Ty Lopez, talks about them all the time. That's how he got to where he is. He found mentors and then let them help him, you know. And that kind of just put his life in the right direction. Advice for people finding mentors: like, how do you, how did you know who the right people were, and how did you pursue them?
2: Well, I was I, I observed people and, and I respected people that were good at what they did. And so, you know, it wasn't like, some people don't pay attention to what's going on around them, and I think that's part of where that comes from. You gotta pay attention to what's going on, and mm-hmm. who's good at what they do, and who isn't good at what they do. And and it's it's pretty easy to see if once you, you know, have your antenna up, you'll see people that are really good at what they do. Yeah, And maybe they've been doing it for 20, 30 years. And, and so here you are, you know, you're 18 or 19 years old, and uh, this person's been doing this thing for 20, 30 years and has no intention of going anywhere. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they've got this mass amount of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so, <clears throat> you're put in a situation where you can benefit from that. I just went to them and said, hey, I'd like to learn more about this. You know, c- can could you help me learn? Would you be willing to help me? As I said before, no, I I can't remember of anyone ever saying No, and they just kind of took you
0: under their wing. You'd meet up with them daily or weekly, and they'd maybe multiple times a day
2: some days oh you know? okay, and they'd show you whenever it. I needed something I went to them and they would they'd help me and they'd show me and and uh, of course uh the l- leadership recognized that, and the first thing first thing uh i I knew they were uh, putting me on uh, the fast track on the fast track right you no know, so now i'm i'm kind of running to keep up you know yeah yeah so you went from not knowing enough to trying to learn as much as you possibly could as fast just, as i could and just know, keep up yeah, with as much yeah, as you yeah and uh, and so you wake up one day and they're saying you know they want to promote you to, to this position and then they want to promote you to this position and and so you just took each one as it came and said i want to be the best at this Uh, This is the position that gave me. I'm going to be the best uh, in in the company, you know. First, I wanted to be the best I could be, and then I remember saying, you know, I think maybe I can be the best in the company at this. Yeah. So then I kind of upped the ante, you know. But as far as the rewards for me, I never really. I just wanted a common ordinary life. I never had any, you know, No
0: aspirations of like immense wealth or fame or anything like that. It was just. No, I never, I never thought about that. Really, what year would, did you enter the corporate world? Like, when was that? Fifty-seven. Okay, so like nineteen fifty-seven, and I mean, <laughs> I can't imagine how much different the world was than it is today. Huge. But the cool part is, right? Talking about as a man thinketh, there's a core set of things that are, will never change. No, they're always going to stay exactly no. the same, no matter how complicated things get. The no. base, the baseline information that you need to know is always going to stay the same. I find that very reassuring, that you can go back and read a book from 1903 and it can apply to your life just like it applied to somebody's life in 1903. It's amazing.
2: Well, in, in the value of that book, I've read that book, I can't tell you how many times, but initially when I read it, it was uh, it was so dense and I got so much out of it, but I realized that there was so much more there, and so I just continued to keep going back to it and keep going back to it, and I never found the end point, you know, but what I did realize that we're constantly creating our own future and mm-hmm. everything that we think and everything that we feel and everything that we do. Mm-hmm. And it all starts with how we think. You know, And most people complain about their circumstances and they complain about uh, a lot of different things, and they don't realize that they were the one that started the ball rolling in the first place.
0: Yeah, you have you have total control of it, yes. whether you think you do or not, and of course your surroundings and the people in your life influence that quite heavily. Yes, uh, But yeah, and that's one thing that I learned through the course, and, and I've been practicing for a while and really trying to implement it into my life, is positive thinking and having some sort of purpose to my life and what I'm doing moving forward. Uh, And ever since I've been doing that, I've only seen positive things happen to my life. I've never, over the past four, four and a half years, things have progressively been getting better. And of course, there's like minor setbacks and things that don't go the way you planned they would. But overall, I've, uh, it's been life changing. Because everything's sort of as, even though I get stressed out on a daily basis and lose sight of it. On you know occasion, when you refocus the sight in a book like this, this book helps to refocus your sight. I've noticed i and and your advice to us was to read the last chapter or what chapter every single day um i why can't I think of the it right chapter
2: now? on serenity on serenity, yeah because
0: go, going back and just it, it's rewiring your brain almost it Do you is look at it that
2: way oh it is rewiring your brain but the but the beauty of serenity is that in order to go beyond. Uh, the Newtonian world, we have to be in a serene posture. And so when you read that chapter on serenity, then you're now you allow yourself to step into the creative part of who you are mm-hmm. and and now be, you're, you're becoming co-creator of your own your own life at that point. But when you uh, when you're all stressed out, and when you've got a lot of pressure on you, and things like that, are and and you're reacting to all these things, you're reacting out of your your previous uh, interpretations of your previous experiences, which for the most part are rooted in negative emotions. Mm-hmm. And so you you kind of get stuck there. And so the first step is kind of like forgiving yourself, but becoming more serene. Become once you step into that. State of serenity, then there's all kinds of doors begin to open up. I
0: always think of George Costanza's dad yelling, Serenity, Seinfeld. I don't know if you watch Seinfeld, but he would yell, Serenity now! And I always, the kid, laughed. I didn't know what it meant though. And then reading that chapter was like, trying to find that serenity so he doesn't lose his mind. <laughs> and, and so, <laughs> to, to bring yourself back mm, to a, a. So it's kind of like
2: stepping out of that uh, world that you've interpreted through a lot of negative conditioning to a serene world where it's about creativity and it's about creating your your own world each day at a time, one day at a time.
0: When you first read this book, how long, and maybe this isn't even a, an answerable question, but how long did it take for it all to sink in like serenity? Like now you're pretty serene. You, 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 I mean, you say in our in our meetings like you haven't felt anger in a long time and if it comes up, it's... Gone almost instantly, right? You've you've learned the way to do that, and obviously that's through life. That's through life work. But when do you feel like you really hit a place where it was on a regular basis? You were noticing
2: that happening. It's pretty difficult to really pinpoint because it, it it's an evolving thing. Yeah, but I would say I can I can recall probably in my uh, late thirties to. Early forties is when I really began to see that I was in control of my emotions, one hundred percent of the time. And so, even though I could, I felt that anger at certain times. I I was I could decide whether I would allow that to be expressed or whether I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And of course, as time went on, I continued to work on on that and many other things. And it came a point where, uh, and I can't really pinpoint when that was, that a something really unusual happened to me. And uh, I realized that this person was extremely angry and calling me names and everything. and And I could remember the day when I'd had decked him, mm-hmm. you know. And and I realized at that moment that I felt nothing but compassion for him.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And there was no anger. Went back in a different you. You would have yeah. lost it, and so and
0: fed right into it.
2: I, I would have lost it, and I would have gone beyond that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. And so, so I realized at that point is wow, you know, I I didn't even feel any, you know, anger at all. What
0: a beautiful place to get to.
2: Yeah. And so I've just continued to nurture that even more and more and more, and to the point that I, I don't even. I don't want to go there, but I don't yeah. even know how to go there. Do you think, like,
0: I always think of myself in my 20s or my, early, my late teens, early 20s. Can you be at that age and get to the point of oh, surrender you're you talking about? I mean, because that's like, in that point in your life, that's when, you know, emotions run high, right? You really, you can be very emotional and your life is kind of, I don't want to say controlled by emotions, but a lot of your the things you're experiencing are factored in heavily on emotion. Well the, the
2: the thing is today there's so much n- more knowledge available than there was when I was in my 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. Uh, majority of what I talk about with a lot of my groups and my leadership groups and even with your group is information that wasn't even being talked about when I when I was in my 20s and 30s. Yeah. And and so I think there's a point where you recognize that you can be influenced by what's going on around you. Mhm. Where you can influence what's going around you, mm-hmm. and you know, and that's th- those two worlds are night and day. Yeah, and one you're reacting to it through previously uh, emotional interpretations, and the other you're creating the the feeling or emotion that you want to be a part of expressing, and it's it's two different worlds.
0: Yeah, and you will meet people sometimes who they carry their emotions with them and you can feel like an energy coming from them, right? Like oh, whether yes. a negative or a positive. My, yes. my wife and I, we differ on this because I very much have been... Af- I'm affected by my environment, practicing, trying not to be. She naturally is jovial, happy, just very... When she gets into an environment, she automatically makes it better. Mm-hmm. Like it's automatically more fun, right. less serious, just more laid back. And I've always envied that from her. It's like, man, I because it, 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 she's not trying to, that's just na- naturally her brain, at least from what she's told me, what I can tell is a very positive brain, just baseline. And like That's such a rare, awesome quality to have.
2: Well it is, and a lot of that comes from the environment that you grew up in, mm-hmm. and the circumstances which you grew up in. In my case, I had three older brothers who thought I was a teddy bear, and they just harassed me constantly, and they, what they did is they, they nurtured that anger, yeah. You know, and the, and the only way I could get them to leave me alone is if I got really upset. Mm-hmm. And so then that became a tool for me. And so I carried it into other aspects of my life. You know, yeah. When somebody would irritate me or do something I didn't like, then i get I get angry and they'd stop doing it. Mm-hmm. So we nurtured a behavior that wasn't a positive behavior and then I had to, uh, at some point, recognize that that wasn't in my best interest. It and worked then, for
0: you in situations.
2: It, it wasn't. worked for me early on, and it worked for me uh, with my brothers. It worked for, with me um, yeah. in high school,
0: in the corporate w- world. I could see that
2: working as well. Well, to a certain it, it, extent of anger early on, but I, I saw that it wasn't. It wasn't yeah. in my best interest long term. Yeah, and that's when I made a conscious decision that uh, I'm going to change this. Yeah, uh, that's a
0: that's a tough one. Do you, do you think whenever we're kids? Uh, I, I have a three and a half, he's almost four years old now, but uh, it seems like every little kid that I meet, they're naturally pretty serene. I mean, they're obviously emotional creatures, they can go up and down all over the place, but their baseline is always gravitating towards happiness. Yes. So, as we get older, we're just putting layers on that happiness, it's kind of built into us. Yes. I don't know if you agree with this, I'm curious if you, do, if you do or you don't, how you think about it, because like, we like as a core, as a, as a kid, we're pretty much... A positive creature who's looking to just enjoy life. And then we get the layers put on throughout the years. So a lot of your years are spent peeling all those layers off to try to get back to that.
2: Well, and it, it also depends on what that environment is. If that, if that environment nurtures that childlike behavior or if there's an environment that, that really doesn't nurture that. Yeah. It could be nurturing a more negative environment. So some people have grown up with an environment that's, that's uh very negative, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, that's been nurtured, and so those those feelings, those the vibration, and you know, uh, every thought, er, every level of energy has a vibration attached to it, and and so uh, if you can vibrate at a higher level, then you're going to attract more of the things that are going on in the world that are of a higher vibration. We're going to save
0: that for a podcast all on its own, I think, because there's <laughs> that what you're talking about right there is something we went through in the in the course that I, my boy, I mean, it's, I understand it. I love it. I believe it. It's still hard to like grab a hold of it sometimes and use it, right? So I'd love to be able to just talk about that at, at length because that's really interesting. And, you know, it's amazing that we go through life and it's really cool that somebody like you is in. Central Pennsylvania. I mean, anybody who listens to this could be from anywhere in the world, right? But as far as like where I'm I'm from and you're from, you're from Hollidaysburg, PA. I'm from Altoona. Right. Uh, and it's really cool to find. Thank you for, to Jim Wirtz, who's been on the podcast, for introducing me to you and the the programs you put together. Because nobody talks about this stuff. No. Right? It's very hard. I guess with the internet now, you can find it more online. But to meet somebody in person who's like right. in your city who's doing it right. is a pretty rare Right. thing to, to come across so i for you living through your core purpose of being the best you can every day you're still doing that today i'm, s- I'm still doing that today. At, at almost uh if you don't mind me saying uh, if you want to reveal your age or not that's up to you <laughs> but at an older age you know you're still doing it every single day working forward yeah
2: but at, people can figure it out if uh if they if heard they they earlier when, <laughs> do when I started to work for the corporation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Help them do their math. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> do a little math.
0: Put a little work in. Um, so you still apply that when you wake up in the morning? And I'm, I'm curious, when you wake up in the morning,
2: what do you do? You think? What are your, well, your first initial? The first thing I do is I, I meditate every morning. And, uh, as, as you wake up? Like that's uh, your first? Yeah, that's the first thing I do in the morning is I meditate. And then, and I meditate, number one, to to. Put myself in a serene position, and number two, then I meditate on how I want my day to look. You know, what are the things that that I want to accomplish this day, and how do I want to be able to to accomplish them to the best of my ability? And uh, you know, and that could take anywhere from twenty minutes to an hour, mm-hmm. depending on how it goes. And know.
0: people like raise their eyebrows at that, like an hour when you wake
2: up doing nothing. like, But that's, and I, I've been. And that's probably the best part of my day, actually. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and, and because I'm very clear on, on what I want to accomplish that day and, and how I want to approach it. And, uh, and when you're really clear on what you're trying to accomplish, I mean, when you're really clear on your purpose, you're gonna see things that, that show up in your life that you didn't even have planned. Mm-hmm. that are in line with your purpose. And uh, you didn't have to make a phone call. And you didn't have to put an ad in the paper. Just somebody showed up or the phone rang and and somebody wants you to do something that's in line with your purpose. And it's because you're putting those vibrations out into the world, right? Well, you you're might say it out, <laughs> they, they bounce
0: back. Now, that's another thing. I, I can't wait to do something else on that because just just focusing on that because that, that's one of those things that, that's a bunch of woo-woo oh yeah right the the secret or you know whatever it might be you put the vibrations out the vibrations come back uh it seems to a lot of people and I, I and I used to talk I used to be friends with a lot of these people and I technically was one of those people I guess even though I inherently kind of believed it I just didn't understand how it all worked um it's amazing that that is it's real like the energy that's shared between people and the, the energy that you just give, like I said, you can meet people and you automatically feel something from them. Not everybody, but certain situations.
2: Well, you don't have to do a lot of research to recognize that everything is energy. You, 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 I mean, if you just focus on that for a little bit, you can realize that everything's energy. Mm-hmm. And, and so as humans, uh, as long as we're expressing energy, we're, we're, we're in this body. And so how we express that energy determines the experiences that we have in life and how we interpret those experiences determined whether we're happy or whether we're unhappy mm-hmm. and but the beauty of all that is that we have a choice as to how we express so we can express in a way that augments all life mm-hmm. or we can express in a way that demeans life or anywhere in between yeah and unbeknownst to most people is that how you express determines the experience that you're going to have, which determines whether you're going to be happy or unhappy.
0: Yeah, it's what you get, what you give out, it's what you give yeah. back. And, and, and it really, well, we've
2: heard it, but we never understood it. Yeah, you, you hear know. it a million times. Yeah, we don't understand it, but it's really real simple. Right. When you get really down to it, and I think the beauty of what uh, James Allen uh, work did in "As a Man Thinketh" was. That he was able to communicate that in 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 an era where there wasn't a science to support his work. Mm-hmm. Today, the science can support every page in that book, mm-hmm. every sentence in there. Quantum physics can verify everything he's saying. Yeah. So now it's time for humanity to kind of catch up with where James Allen was and and,
0: Unfortunately, uh, we're kind of distracted at this point in time. Yeah, well, Humanity. there's too many
1: shiny objects <laughs> out there, you know.
2: Yeah, and everything we everything we see here, taste, touch, and smell, can can take our attention, and and we, we can be off course. Yeah, uh, we were just talking with a corporation the other day about you know what's the most important thing that they need to do. And uh, and I said I, I'd like to suggest it's focus. Know, because I said, there, there's so many more things that are trying to take your focus away from you. I mean, technology is 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 working overtime to steal your attention, yeah. you know, to steal your focus. Uh, leadership. Um, I call it meddling, but uh, <laughs> leadership is, is constantly interrupting you. So it's stealing your focus and moving you from one thing. If, if you're in a service industry, the, the customer always was, and always will be, uh, the, you know, at the core of your attention. But they're they're trying to steal your focus from whatever you're doing, which they should be getting your focus. Mm-hmm. But there's so many other things that are trying to steal that.
0: And focus. as time goes on, there's just more and more and more. I go back to whenever you were a kid on the farm; there wasn't much to steal your attention.
2: No, we 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 started out in the morning. We had three or four things to do, and it was just you and and those three things. And till nightfall. Yeah. And and there were no interruptions.
0: And you didn't want, like you weren't yearning for an interruption, right? Like like, Uh, if you would take away all the stuff you have now and try it, we just did this recently. I I, I mean to cut you off, but this fits in before I forget because we were at Canoe Creek, right? We stayed at two nights at a cabin and it was like a two day reset for my wife and I. We left there being so happy. Yeah. Because... We had all this stuff, right? We had our phones and stuff. But we kind of just let them sit. And for two days, we just kind of hung out, went down to the water, you know, to, did whatever at Canoe Creek, just, just enjoyed ourselves. And we we're still kind of reeling from that, like the, the good feelings that it gave us. Just staring at your phone every five seconds takes away your good feeling in the day.
2: Well, what I've experienced over the years is that <clears throat> we were more internally directed, as growing up, growing up on the farm, and then early on in my career, uh, it was it's what was going on inside of us, and what we were trying to express. And as time went on, it became less and less. Yeah. And people were more looking outside themselves for, well, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to be this, I want to be like him, I want to be like her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they start asking the question, what's in it for me? Mm-hmm. How, how am I going to be able to use that person? Or how can I use that thing to make it better for me? And the thing pretty much flipped. And it's, it's now the big deal is what's in it for me? And, and people are looking outside themselves for those answers. And, and the beauty is that those answers lie within themselves. Mm-hmm. But they got to make the shift in terms of their thinking. And, and and they they need to slow down their reactions to what's going on around them, and begin to create those. And, and and that's a beauty of meditation. You can create your day in your mind and live into that. Mm-hmm. So that's what you use
0: meditation as. You because I have been every morning now I'm kind of along the same path. That's uh, what you do in the morning, I guess. I get up, I stretch. I have a certain stretching routine. It's like ten minutes, uh, and then I meditate. I intend on 10 minutes and sometimes it's like 25 to 30 minutes mm-hmm. <laughs> depending on before my son gets well, up and, and that's a great place to start. I mean, you know, and you were saying about the, the clear, the clear, the clarity you have in the morning is astounding to when I meditate at night. It takes me a solid 20 minutes just to sift through and get to that spot that in the morning I will be at almost immediately. That, that place where it's, there's a great book, uh, uh, wherever you go there you are. Yes. I think that's what it's called. And yes. the lake meditation which I love is like the lake meditation is just I think it's a, you're lying down and um it's just a flat serene lake. There's no waves, there's no ripples. I feel like in the morning I am that lake. At right. night I'm an ocean right. in the middle right. of a storm <laughs> exactly. and I have to
2: like cool it down <clears throat> before I can relax. Well, and in, in the evening meditation is powerful because it helps you to you know kind of settle in and reconnect and so get a good night's sleep and In that life force, you get, you know, in your deep sleep, you get a a download of of the life force, which gives you the energy to go through the day. But the beauty of the uh, meditation is that you can go there intentionally Mm -hmm. and get that download of life force, of energy.
0: Whenever you need it. Yes. Once you get really good in the practice. Yes. Which I can't. I can't wait to experience that. And there's certain points in the day where I'll lay down and take ten minutes as a reset. Unbelievable the amount of—you don't need to fall asleep. It doesn't need to be a nap. No, but it's just like giving your brain a chance to catch back up or just to chill out for a minute. Well, we if, if you
2: keep thinking about that idea of serenity, and and the idea, and the more serene you are, the less dependent you are. On the The more you align with your ego or your conditioned self, mm-hmm. less able you are to get to your creative self. And so serenity is is part of the bridge that allows you to make that that shift from being identifying with your conditioned responses, many of which are negative to really, being able to step in to a whole new world uh, through the use of your imagination. When
0: you talk about the our our, our like natural responses or a lot of negative responses it, it, I don't, I don't even think we realize it half the time. I know that I, there's sometimes I don't realize my my best <coughs> example I can ever I always use and I've told you this before is doing the dishes. I always start getting negative thoughts while I'm doing the dishes. So I, I've used it now. I've, I've put myself in the worst moods ever just by having to do the dishes. I don't know what that is, but like uh, I've noticed now I use it as kind of a practice. It's like, wow, okay. I, and I'll ca- I just happened two nights ago. I was doing the dishes and I started having these like negative, mean thoughts towards people. And I was like, man, I never have these thoughts until right now in this moment when I'm sitting here washing a dish and like, thinking about the other 10 that I gotta clean. It's so weird that uh, we go through life and we have these negative thoughts and we just assume that's who we are. That's us, that's not a condition, that's the way we are designed. And it turns out that that's just not w- the case. What it
2: doesn't have to be that way. It
0: doesn't have to be like <clears throat> that. That is, might be your current condition, but it doesn't have to be.
2: We all have kind of like a bandwidth of acceptance. You know, and anything above this, we're going we're gonna to accept if it's on the plus side. Anything that happens to us on the plus side, we're going to embrace it. Anything that happens on the other side, it's going to be negative and we're going to resist it. Yeah. And so we all kind of have that, which is based on our interpretations or our experiences. And so when you have an interaction that falls outside that bandwidth, how are you going to react? You're going to lose it. Yeah, you're not going to ex- be happy. That's exactly, your, yeah. you're not going to be happy, or if it's something that falls on the plus side, then you're going to be delighted. So, you w- by doing that, you set yourself up to be uh, reactive to what's going on around you, mm-hmm. and you just need to turn that around and take control of that, mm-hmm. and 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 so it doesn't matter what goes on around me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care.
0: And I think this is really important because somebody would hear you say that agree with you but then think well how the hell am I ever gonna get there how am I how long is it gonna take for me to get there I want to be there now but I haven't done any of the work but I'd love to be there right now and I mean well, who, you, gotta, you you got start be? yeah
2: you have to start and 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 so it's just learning how to do you know a step at a time just every day I mean and we already said a couple of times you know start by just meditating for five minutes mmm uh, how did
0: you begin because I think that's a big thing too is people and there's people that's, that have been in the group that have said this and I've I said it myself for a long time before I started meditating and everybody that I've ever talked to about meditation because I don't know anybody else who meditates besides you I don't I don't think I've ever met Jim does um, but there's not many other people that I've had conversations with about it uh, locally and I think that the major thing is like, well, I just can't. I can't shut my brain down. I, I sit down for two seconds and, and a thought pops in my head and I have to get up and, and, and do that thing. You know, you say like sitting down for five minutes. Sometimes for people, my wife included, I've tried to get her and it. She said like that, that five, ten minutes is an eternity in her head, which is true. When you first start doing it, it is an
2: eternity. No question about it.
0: And it's going to be the same for everybody, right? You just got to. Got to put when, yourself through. When it. I
2: started meditating, I couldn't meditate for a minute, you know, because my my mind was so wired. Yeah. And it was I had to take a notepad with me, you know, yeah. because I, things would come up. I had to write them down. Things come up right now. I wouldn't even have a notepad. I, I, that would be the last thing I would.
0: That's the toughest part, though. Sometimes I had the best ideas in meditation, and I'm like, I've got to hang on to that. But then I realize, either well, e- sometimes I would get up and write it down, but usually I'm just like, well. If it's that I don't think
2: that's a bad thing early on, because what you're really trying to do is get to slow your brain down mm-hmm. and, and allow it to kind of relax and and uh, and, and, and be able to. If you can <clears throat> create an experience in your mind through your use of your imagination, then you can create the feeling of that experience in your in 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 your body, and then you can live into that experience. Mm -hmm. And it's no different than uh, reliving a past experience. The difference is that you're creating that experience in your mind. Yeah, that's good. And then you're going to attach the feeling to that experience and then live into that. Yeah. Because sometimes. Versus reacting to what's going on around
0: you. And when you go back and you have because that's most of our life. What what did you say in the course that, like, how much of our thoughts during the day, it's like 98% of, we, we think those thoughts every day. Yes. It's very rare during the day we have a new thought. Like, we recycle a lot of the same stuff over and over again. Well, the
2: science says we have 60,000, 70,000 thoughts a day. Okay. And the majority of those thoughts are at a subconscious level. Mm-hmm. So we're probably only trying to manage about five, uh, 5% five of that. Yeah and we're probably not doing a very good job of managing that five percent. Yeah, And most of those thoughts are the same thoughts we had yesterday, and the day before, and the day before. And so it's kind of like living Groundhog Day over and over again, you know. Doing something um, different, but living the same life in your mind. Yeah, and, and, and so we can change that by using the tool that we've been given, which is our imagination, and we can imagine our day, we can imagine our future, and we can attach feelings to that that picture that vision of our future,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and then we can and we can live into that, and our body will respond. It's
0: amazing what you said that we live in our brains in the past a lot, <coughs> and through the, the thoughts we're usually having in our brains in the past, it's usually regret or fear or something along those lines, right? So you're right. I mean, because usually those situations we're thinking of were never as bad as we're thinking they were. You know, I mean, sometimes maybe they were, but like I know for myself personally, I've had many recollections of situations where I've over-exaggerated the severity of the situation because maybe I messed it up or maybe I was embarrassed or I feel like it didn't go as well as it could have. So I'm replaying this negative thing over and over again when in reality, nobody even remembered the thing or it actually had no impact. But if you flip that and you constantly look towards the future, and you look towards great things in the future, and then you sw- you swap out the past negative for the future positive. Is that well, kind of t- along t- the same t- way what you're t- saying? T-
2: typically, typically what happens is the normal person tries to create their future based on and their past experiences. That's what the normal person tries to do. Yeah. That's not creating your your future out of your imagination. Because they're using the baseline is what what experiences have I had in the past? And so, based on that, what do I think I can accomplish or I can uh, achieve in the future? Mm-hmm. Well, what I'm talking about is stepping outside of that and using your imagination to create an experience that you haven't had mm-hmm. and then attaching an emotion to it that you want to experience mm-hmm. and then live into that. And it's no different. Then reliving a past experience that you had which we're doing over and over and over again yeah but it's you're just you're pulling it all back and you're taking responsibility and you're taking and, and you're taking charge of it instead of reacting to what's going on in, around you based on what your pre- previous experiences were
1: mm-hmm.
2: and so it, it sounds really simple and it really is once you're able to get there but there aren't many people that I can can articulate what you got to do to get there
0: the years that you have to spend the amount of mental time you have to spend right not saying yeah. that you can't start today and a month from now will be a little bit better well it you starts by, by
2: living consciously by by being aware and being in a present moment if you think about stress if you think about anxiety if you think about um any kind of a th- pressure that you're going through the minute you're experiencing that you either look to your past if you if you kind of look at where you're thinking you're going to realize that you're either thinking about your past or you're anticipating something that's not going to go right in the future yeah and that's where the, but if you you kind of eliminate those two and and you step into the present moment which is really the only point of power that we have. And, that, and that's the secret to shifting from the external directedness to the internal directness is, is, is stepping into that present moment. Yeah, definitely. And that's your point of power. Everything happens in the moment. But how often do we live in the and, moment? And, 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 and the past, that's nothing more than an echo of a previous moment. With emotion attached and, to it. With emotion attached to it, yeah. And in the future, you know, it's undetermined. I mean, it doesn't, you can't live in the future, so we can only live in that moment. Yeah. And learning how to do that is is really the trick.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> Boy, the craziest part I find is, through meditation, I've noticed this, is that I think I'm living in the moment. Like I'll be like, oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm in the moment. I'm, not thinking about past experiences, I'm not worrying about the future, uh, and in that moment, I've been thinking about the past experiences. I'm thinking about all the past times I've thought the same thing and how it's not true. I, I'll have that thought, and that, that drives me. It drives me crazy, and well, I realize well, it's got to well, let it go. One of the
2: fun ways to find out if you're living in the, in a moment or not is to sit down and watch a TV program or watch uh, um, the nightly news. And then, the, and just consciously pay attention to your reactions to you, and you'll realize that you're not you're not even close to being in the moment. <laughs> I mean, you're passing judgment both ways, left and right, and up and down. Yeah. And that, I, those auto responses. And, I, and I've got to the point that I can watch the news, and it doesn't mean crap to me.
0: I just don't watch the news. That's the. Well, I
2: did for years. I didn't, <laughs> but I can watch a piece of it, and I don't care. Yeah. I don't care what they say. I don't, I, I'm just getting a little bit of information so I kind of have a sense of what's going on, in, in in the world. Yeah. But I don't have an opinion. I don't. I don't pass a judgment on it. You're not Re- Republican,
0: Democrat, not jumping on one of the bandwagons as as they're you know picking your
2: side or whatever the situation might be. Yeah, just There's no truth in either one of them. Right.
0: It's in the middle somewhere. Yeah.
2: yeah. So the only truth that I know how to get to is the truth that I get through being internally directed. Mm-hmm. To being in my own heart, I can, I can. that's the only truth that I know for sure. That's not been contaminated.
0: It's always been there since
2: you were it, It's born. always it's, been there, it's knowing how to access it. Yeah. And the longest journey we'll ever travel is the one from our head to our heart. Because actually the heart is feeding us information constantly and we aren't listening. Hmm. We aren't listening. Explain Uh, that a little bit. Well, the heart gets the information first. And so you get it in, uh, you get an intuition, you get a sense, you get a feeling of, and how many times have you had a feeling not to do something, went ahead and did it and it didn't work out? How many times have you had a feeling... the opposite where you've had a feeling, you know, they should have done something and and you didn't do it and you really missed it. Mm -hmm. And when we learn to listen to our heart and because you hear people talk about conscious and subconscious. Well, the truth of the matter is the subconscious is in every cell of your body. And so the heart is really kind of the administrator of that. And you literally mean the
0: heart. I literally mean. You're the not heart. saying like the brain, but acting as the heart. No, heart it's like literally comes from the heart. So like act think with your heart or you, you, your gut reaction. You start,
2: you start paying attention, and you realize you get an insight. Yeah. And and your brain will argue with it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And mostly when you're in a decision mode or. When you should do this or you should do that, you'll get this feeling. Oh, I i really should do this, and then your brain will say, "No, you better do that." You know, right. <laughs> and so now you got this—this, this, you know, this battle, battle that's going on, Struggle. this Armageddon that's going on in your your own body. Yeah, and and the challenge that people have is being able to listen to the intuition and ignore the brain. Yeah. It's easy to say, it's sometimes so hard to recognize it. Yes, you have to really listen. And I constantly listen. When I step into a situation, I listen for the feeling. I listen for the feeling. What am I feeling here? Mm. How do I react to this verbally? But what am I feeling? And then then that's where I'm getting my knowledge from.
0: Boy, the, the process of doing that just the process of sifting those two voices out is really it's a lifetime of work. It's so crazy right And I think a lot of people don't even bother addressing it like we work you see so many people so many people who work so hard on their body but they don't work hard on their mind at all right So you're so disciplined. It's something I learned actually from working out. I, I mean for, for years I worked out pretty hard and I had such discipline in the gym yet every other aspect of my life. I had no discipline there was none and I started thinking like I'm putting so much and I see so many people putting so much effort into their body into that aspect because you can physically see it right so it's a it almost it makes more sense as to why it's ego driven number one everybody can see it people see you they see the development the the change but you can't physically see somebody get
2: more serene.
0: Until you're around them, and maybe you can feel that, or you can pick up well, the, on that. Well, the question
2: is why? Why are they doing what they're doing? Yeah. That becomes the question. Is it because they want people to see them in a certain way?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and and so that's ego driven, mm-hmm. and that's fine. You know, people want to look their best, but that's not going to solve. Uh, it's not going to answer the question. Or it's not going to answer the reason that they started to the work out in the first place. Now, if you, you want I'm all in favor of being physically fit and and getting an adequate amount of exercise. But the reason you want to get an adequate amount ac, adequate exercise is because you want to nurture your body. You want to make sure your body is healthy because it's the house we live in. Yeah. And you know, and if it doesn't show up one day, guess what? You're gonna have to move out. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> And 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 so you need to take care of it, but then where where is that tipping point where you're abusing all other aspects of your life because you're trying to present, yeah, a, a phony house. Yeah, I found that and, gyms and, and play. where is that serenity? You know, you don't uh, find much serenity in a gym unless you're doing
0: yoga. You can find you, some you serenity can in that
2: room. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you can.
0: Yeah, I, I experienced that plenty of times in the gym. And I, when I stopped going to the gym, I realized that I stopped working out as much. I stopped caring as much. Not that I was letting myself go. I just backed off from ev- every day in the gym, an hour and a half, have to do it, have to hit some sort of imaginary level that I would never hit. And um, when I started just working out at my house, I found I was not – checking myself in the mirror every day to see where I was at <laughs> i wasn't evaluate, i wasn't comparing people for so many years I'd compare everybody that I saw either in the gym or out of the gym to me like am i in better shape than they are where am i at on that level you know it, 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 as far as like a mental the mental space it takes up it's astronomical
2: like it's it's almost like your well, entire uh, day's worth uh, about it in the in the emotional space it takes up yeah because you know there's there's an emotional fix that you're trying to Satisfy. And you're never gonna satisfy it. It's like buying a new car or something. You, you're getting more money. You, it's just. You can't get there from here. Yeah. You can't get there from here. And uh, and so many people, um, unfortunately, are working tremendously hard to, to try and accomplish something. I call it the dopamine loop. Yeah. And uh, because the more you do it, the more you want to do it and uh, and the better it seems to fear and it and it's really in a, a form of addiction. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can become addicted to anything and uh an addiction is simply something you can't stop doing. So it can be anything. Yeah.
0: My pastor this past week gave a great Do you go to you at church, right? Mhm. He gave this great uh sermon on the well. I, it was Jesus meets a woman at the well mm-hmm. and she's you know trying to fill up the well full of water <coughs> but his message is that like it's the well's already full if you come to me like uh, the well's already been filled you just need to 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 realize it and um that's one of the pe- one of the things I've noticed since i i mean i i'm i'm not I've been going to church now for a year and I did whenever I was younger but this past year's been pretty life changing in that respect and I've met I could count at least five people that I've met who you can tell when I'm around when you're around them. You can tell like they are happy just in whatever. Just sitting at their house or sitting at their office or talking on the phone. You can just feel that energy. Like they are just naturally not searching for anything. And maybe they're, you know, you have some wants and needs or whatever, but like they've found Jesus, they found God, they found this the spiritual serenity kind of place where they're just happy on a daily basis I think like I've never met anybody else in my day-to-day life um, outside of that space that has been naturally consistently that on that level of happiness and I thought that's that's there's something there there's something extremely powerful there so whether you believe in a a religion or it's just a spiritual nature pursuing that and finding it on a continuous basis
2: Well, religion is really just an interpretation of spirituality and and every religious sector has their own interpretation their own dogma <coughs> which is fine and they're all entitled to it and, and and there's nothing wrong with that but you don't have to um, uh, subscribe to a particular religion in order to have that that s- uh, serenity space yeah you can you can do it on your own i'm not saying that you They're just different vehicles to yeah, find it right right it's just another vehicle And there's a lot can be said for that, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, Uh, my pastor said he doesn't. He doesn't. He's not. (coughs) He's not religious necessarily. He doesn't buy into a. It's non-denominational. So it's it's just (coughs) like it's just the spirit. It's just the that thing that we're all chasing, no matter what we're doing. Right. We're all chasing that one piece, and uh, it's it. It seems to me like they when you when you. When you see somebody who has it, you know they have it. It's not like I wonder if they have it. You can recognize it. You kind of mm-hmm. just sense it.
2: For sure. For sure.
0: Is that in in your situation, did spirituality going to church play a part in all of that, bringing it together? It's helping me make sense of a lot of meditation and a bunch of well, different things.
2: <clears throat> well, I think I think it can and and it does because uh it sets aside a space of time which allows you to be conscious of what you're trying to accomplish in terms of your spirituality. If you aren't aligned with a particular church, the question then becomes, will you discipline yourself, the space to do this? hmm very true. And you can, but will you?
0: Yeah, the willpower. Yeah, yeah.
2: so, <clears throat> I think the camaraderie, the, the bonding that you get in that environment helps people to say, you know, I'm coming back here. I'm going to experience more of this. And that helps you to grow on the outside. So yeah, uh, there comes a point where you, you may or may not need that, and I'm not encouraging that one way or the other. But for me, I, I continue to participate in a, an active uh, church life. But I don't really need that. I mean, I don't really. You have it in your own self. Yeah, I have it in my own world. And, and, and uh, I look at it as what can I contribute. Yeah, And not only what I can get. I mean, what I can get from it. But, but also, what what can I contribute to it?
0: And how, I guess, I mean, what we're doing now. What you do in your courses. Is just a con- contribution. Not directly, I guess, inside of your church. But just in general to the public to other people to help them because reading as a man thinketh and then reading the bible and and hearing like all the a Mm. lot of the things that I study and like before I started going to church last year a lot of the stuff I was into whether it was like Tony Robbins or if it was you know a a book like this or just anything like that the part that was amazing to me is like you go to church and you start to experience it and you start to experience the feelings you get and the messages you get and they all are centralized like all this self-help stuff is all centralized around the same idea it's a shame that um i guess the word religion has messed up the spiritual nature of what the, the love of like god and of jesus of like the point of it right of love your neighbor as yourself and all of these sorts of things are what any any self-help person's talking about but we've muddied it up so much. So many people have messed up the message or use it to their advantage for
2: some reason. That uh, well, part of it was survival. You know, well, yeah. religions were they they did what they did because they they were trying to build build their brand, so to speak, and trying to survive. And and uh, so it, it felt like a necessary thing that they had to do. But they all started at the right place. Mm-hmm. Um, with the right message, and then humans get in there and, and, and mess then, it up. Yeah, and then you bring in a lot of egos that that begin to, you know, contaminate the message. And then power gets involved, and yeah. it's all downhill. It's, it's, yeah. from there, <laughs> it, it begins. To, the message begins to deteriorate. You know, and it, so uh, there's uh, there's so much good information out there, and uh, this is just one. One of my favorite, for sure, as a man thinketh. Yeah, it's
0: very powerful. And I guess just to wrap this up, going back to the initial part of being the best you can every single day, I imagine that's different for every single person. right? We all have a different level of what we put ourselves on. How would you tell somebody, I guess a younger self, like talking to yourself at 18 years old or 20 or 30 years old or wherever you were at, what would you tell yourself to to make sure that you are not just like in business, but in life in general for your own mental health, being the best you can be every day?
2: Well, I think there's a a wealth of competence that exists within each of us. And it's more like, it's not like you have to become something. It's more like you have to allow what you are to emerge. Mm. And so, the competency that you need to be the best you can be exists within each of us. So allowing that to emerge, listening and allowing that to emerge is really—you don't have to reinvent yourself. Every time you make a good choice, you—that's like a rebirth, and that's so. If you just make a new choice that uh, allows you to. Let go of some uh, slaves that you've allowed yourself to become part of. Things that you do that you know that you don't. Maybe you wouldn't want to do if you were really making those choices. You you can let go of those and allow your your true self to begin to emerge. Everything we need to be as confident as we need to be. Everything we need to be the best that we can be exists within us. And it's just a matter of allowing that, allowing that to emerge. And listening. And listening. and uh,
0: So how and, would you describe that to somebody who maybe has a job they can't stand, but they need the job to make money for their family? I've been there.
2: I've been there. I've had a job. that, But I think it's even more beneficial in that case because you, instead of you identifying with your job, you identify with who you are. Yeah. And, and, and instead of disliking that job, you say, "I'm going to only going to embrace this position that I'm in for now. I'm gonna be the best I can be at this, and I'm going to do everything I can do to 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 excel. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm going to begin to think about what is it that I would could uh, do that would allow me to even be more." To be to give a greater contribution, yeah. But to resist this and to allow that to tear yourself down and to pull yourself, our our goal is our goal should be to make sure that we are enjoying everything that we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, to feel good about everything that we do, and. And if you're in a situation where there's something you have to do, you mentioned doing the dishes. Yeah, you got to do the dishes because somebody's got to do them. But you can make that fun. Is a way you can figure out how to make that fun. Yeah. And that that's allowing your true self to emerge more and more so. Yeah. And and the more you resist where you're at, then you're suppressing that true self. Mhm. And and uh and so it's it's really that's that simple is I guess the thing is to listen. You need to be confident about what you're doing, but you need to be humbly confident. You know, there needs to be a humbleness that, you know, I myself cannot accomplish all the things or solve all the problems that I need to solve. I need to realize that there's a, there's a connection within me that's available to me that can help me answer and solve those problems. Mm-hmm. And if I listen, and I keep those lines of communication open, that, that'll be available to me, and, and the, the competency that's within me will emerge.
0: So kind of like you finding those mentors, you first have to go into yourself and find out, what do I need to work on or improve sure. on? Sure, yes. And you have to ask yourself. So you have to first be humble enough to talk to yourself and figure that out, and then you can look uh, externally. Yeah, you can't you
2: can't lie to yourself you can't say that you're really good at something when you're not and some you know and sometimes you've got to ask questions you know what do I need to do what do I need to do to get better at this and the person's going to be honest with you and tell you if you resist that information then you're you're suppressing your own internal competency mm. but if you ask that question and they say well you need to do this and this and this and maybe it's going to hurt a little bit. But if you can accept that and begin to work on it, then you're allowing your true competency, your true self, to emerge. yeah And if you keep doing that, you keep doing that, you keep doing that. and what happens is you find yourself in places that you never dreamed that you could be, doing things that you never dreamed you could do. Mm-hmm. And it's all good. you know And that's where you got yourself too. Well, the, I'd like to by think by doing so. That. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, it, it, it feels good, anyhow. Yeah. It,
0: whether it is actually <laughs> it good is, or not, right? it still feels good. Yeah. <laughs> Ray, uh, I, I want to have oh. you on a couple <laughs> different times because I'd love to go into each of these things, talking about the uh, the vibrations, talking about more about meditation and those sorts of things, and and the course we're going through right now, which is the attribute attribute index and the disc program. What's the third part yes. of that? The values. The values. Yeah. I'd love to just do different things. Do different okay. podcasts about different subjects because at least I'm benefiting something out of them. Hopefully somebody else is, <laughs> right? <laughs> you never know, right? <laughs> <laughs>
2: the kind of the point of
0: the podcast <clears throat> if I feel like it's beneficial to me then I mean I it's definitely going to help somebody else. And I I want to thank you just for uh, doing what you do, you know, putting in the years to get yourself to the spot where you're at where now and I'm sure, I'm sure you've been in this position for a while, but just being able to help people and there's no better uh, selfish gratitude, grateful feeling you can get than helping somebody else. And
2: what well, I think on a closing note, pe- people don't realize that how close they are. And just by making a few little changes, you can create that chain of causation that's gonna allow you to really uh, move beyond what you had ever dreamed about and so you just got to learn to take that first step and and that's part of why we created this course i mean it's it's uh it's economical and uh <clears throat> the information is powerful yeah and i just wanted to do something that people could step into and not uh feel like they were at a big risk and would get a tremendous benefit yeah and and, and i think you've You've experienced that. So. I got a lot out of it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Even in just the uh, initial uh, setup uh, meeting, you, you the had, launch, the launch, which is not even involved with the book. No. I got so much out of that. And I was like, oh man, I got it. And that's my brain kind of is, I'm naturally attracted to that sort of stuff. I love it. It's just exciting <laughs> to me. So I was, I was immediately on board, but I, I would benefit anybody. And I think, especially people who don't think it would benefit them, and I think it's crazy or, or, or they just don't know how it would apply to their life or
2: well they don't <clears throat> they don't know what they don't know
0: exactly yeah the unknown unknowns yeah yeah and, and uh so if people want to find out more about it i mean how would they contact you how would you recommend getting a hold of
2: you if, if people want to know more well probably uh <clears throat> they can email me at, at uh we have a couple different emails. Which one's the one best is R Overdorf at AOL dot com, or Ray at TrueAdvantageGroup trueadvantagegroup.com And
0: Overdorf's O V E R D O R F F F two F's yes. So R Overdorf at AOL.com dot com or Ray at trueadvantagegroup.com. dot com dot com. Awesome. Thanks, Ray. Okay, you're welcome. I want to have you back it was again. It's great this, to be here. This is a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. Okay. Rayal, thank you again for coming into the studio to do this podcast. Because I've gotten so much out of this, I hope that a lot of other people got got a lot out of it too. And one of the things I get from you is just discipline. You are a disciplined guy, and and you've got to respect that. So one of the things that I've learned about discipline is it can come in many ways, many different shapes and forms. And one of the things that I've been doing recently over the past year is uh, Gracie Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So I go to Sports Evolution. In Altoona, uh, 2900 Plank Road in Altoona is where you can find Sports Evolution. Uh, I take Gracie Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu there under Alan Coble. Uh, Alan so is a purple belt in Jiu-Jitsu. He also teaches CrossFit. He's a certified Level 1, Level 2, certified strength and conditioning specialist, certified personal trainer, and he has his bachelor's in physical education and sports science. Alan's amazing, and what he does at Sports Evolution is just... He can get your body, if it's broken, he can fix it, but he can also make it stronger and more lethal than ever before. He'll turn you into a real lethal weapon. Just like Danny Glover. I don't know where I'm going with this. SportsEvolution.net is the is the website and leading athletes on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and yoga, something else that can get your body in tune. Harlequin Pepper Yoga, 320 Allegheny Street in Hollidaysburg. Harlequin Pepper Yoga on Facebook and Instagram. It's Vinyasa Yoga. It's rooted in science. Erin, who teaches this, she's been on a past episode. You can go back and listen to that. Uh, is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to yoga. A wealth of knowledge when it comes to the body. She's also a nurse, so she really understands the in and outs of your body. Uh, functional movement, anatomical alignment is what her yoga is all about. You can find her in the App Store or on Google Play. And if you find her now and use the code word ROBZ when you sign up, either through the App Store, or Google Play, or if you walk into her building, into her facility, and say, Rob Z, you will get one free month toward a six-month or a year membership at Harlequin Pepper Yoga Downtown Holidaysburg. And I just want to thank all the zebras, all of you, for listening to the podcast, for supporting the podcast. I have fun doing these shows. It's what I love to do. So the fact that I could be helping anybody out, the fact that I could be inspiring anybody or entertaining anybody is amazing. So thank you for listening.
2: That's brutal.